Welcome back to the Queer and Alberta podcast, the podcast where I interview Albertans from all kinds of backgrounds, genders, and sexualities to share their stories. My name is Kels, I've spent my whole life in Alberta, and I'm a queer Filipina Canadian. So I'm realizing I've failed to share some behind-the-scenes info about how these interviews actually work. Did you know that actually before I log on to Zoom and have my conversations with my guests, I know very little about them? I have a submission link in my TikTok bio where people can fill out a form and they tell me their name and a little bit about themselves and what they would like to focus on if we were to chat together. But outside of that, I really don't know much about the people that I have on as guests, like I said. So it's kind of a fun little surprise that I get and every single time that I've done an interview, I've just been blown away with just how wonderful people are. Additionally, I've started to open up my interviews again, so if you are wanting to potentially share your story or create some representation together that you feel is lacking, email me at kelsifertiktok at gmail.com. That's K-E-L-S-I-F-E-R-T-I-K-T-O-K at gmail.com. And again, tell me a little about yourself, what you would like to focus on. No matter what, you'll hear back from me. When we last left off, I had just come back from the Alberta Museums Association conference, I had found out about StoryHive, I turned 26, it was a really busy September, and you know what, October appears to be shaping the exact same way. This month I'm going to finally start having those creator summits where I get to learn from industry professionals all about editing and, and all this kind of stuff that definitely was not part of my training as an anthropologist. Before we get into our next interview, I'm going to share with you a quick little funny story that happened to my girlfriend Sarah and I when we were checking into our hotel in Edmonton for the Alberta Museums Association annual conference. So my job had actually booked the hotel for us and they knew that my partner was coming, so they booked the room for the two of us and they booked it with a single bed. When we went to check in, this was very confusing for the person at the front desk. It was an older woman, and what she ended up doing was when we went to check in, she just exclaimed, Oh, that's really weird. They gave you a room with one bed. Sarah and I didn't really know what to do. We just looked at each other for a quick second, and before we could even say anything, the front desk assistant was like, Oh, don't worry, I'll change it for you, and started clicking away at the keyboard. And as she did this, she kind of laughed at us and she was like, you know, it's a real shame, like, they gave you a king. <laughs> and then at this point, I knew I had to pipe up, otherwise I'd be waving at my girlfriend from across the room in a single bed. So I just went, oh, you know, we're, we're okay with the king. And the front desk assistant was like, are you sure? You don't have to do that. And I, I didn't outright say that I was queer because sometimes... I feel a little nervous too, and I know I shouldn't, but sometimes I'm worried about how it'll change how someone treats me, and it's something that I'm definitely working on, but in that moment, I just didn't explicitly say this was my girlfriend. However, as we were insisting, like, you know, it, it's okay, she kind of took a moment and I could watch the gears turning in her head, and she immediately gives us the key and she's like, okay, love you guys so much, you're so beautiful, have a great day. <laughs> really funny because afterwards we went to go and get our bags and the CEO of the museum that I work at was also staying at the same hotel. He was also staying at the same hotel with his husband and he was in the parking lot grabbing his bags and as he went to walk off he stopped and then turned around and looked at us and said, did you two also get like the really weird do you need different beds? And so we had a good laugh about that and we um yeah how unexpected. <laughs> 
I posted a video on TikTok about it and it blew up a little bit. It got like, I don't even know, a ridiculous amount of views. And I didn't give the full context, but it was really interesting to see people coming to the front desk agent's defense and saying that if it was for business, then they likely just assumed and all these sorts of things. And I wasn't angry or anything. It was just a funny little thing that ended up happening. But I do think regardless of whether it's a business trip or anything like that, this experience still really spoke to how heteronormativity is still very much the baseline of expectation of people. Just something that I thought I would share with you in these moments before we get into the interview. But when we're speaking about the interview, today we are being joined by Grace, a young individual from Calgary who uses she, they pronouns and wanted to talk to me about what it was like growing up being queer while also being a really active athlete. To my understanding and from what Grace shared with me in their own life experience, there can still exist this kind of almost stigma around being queer in sports, around being openly queer, in where it might be a hush-hush, we don't talk about it, or it just doesn't happen. And Grace's interview really just proves that, you know, queer people play sports, of course we do. And I was really happy to hear that even though there had been challenges, overall it seems that Grace's experience has been really positive and uplifting with support from their fellow teammates. So without further ado, here is my interview with Grace where we talk about being queer and being in sports. What's your story? What's your sign? It's like we're twin flames in a different life. Would you mind maybe introducing yourself, please? Hi, I'm Grace. Uh, I go by she, they, um, and I'm in Calgary. And are you in school or anything? Yeah, I'm at uh, SAIT, which is a technical school here in Calgary, uh, doing baking and pastry art. Getting up early and <laughs> making bread and cakes, and that's my day. So. Okay, but that's wicked cool. I love that. <laughs> I get to bring a whole bunch of like cakes home, which is awesome. Nobody in my house eats sugar, so it's like just for me. That's <laughs> awesome. What? Perfect for me. <laughs> Oh man, double homicide. That sucks. I'd be so stoked if someone was bringing home like all of these confection goods, but they just, they just don't, they get eaten or? Yeah. Oh, they absolutely get eaten. I have a lot of, um, a lot of neighbors that, uh, (laughs) would never say no to like a piece of cake. So you must be like the favorite by far in the neighborhood. I'm super excited to get to chat with you because you wanted to talk about being queer in Alberta, but also specifically talking about like sports and and growing up playing sports and realizing that you were maybe not straight. Yeah, so I uh, grew up in a household where like when you were young, you were put into sports, which was awesome because then you had friends that were outside of school. So things weren't going great at school. Then you had a whole nother kind of like world. Grew up playing ringette and then field hockey and I rock climbed competitively. It was just all this like physical activity. I realized that I was queer in grade 11 and and I was still playing ringette and field hockey at the time. It was interesting kind of going about that because it was like, oh, what if when we're all getting changed in the change room, someone's thinking, oh, what if Grace is looking at me? I was worried other people would be uncomfortable and it ended up being not a big deal. That's a very common thing of like when kids come up to their parents, like I'm still the same person, nothing's changed. Well, of course you're the same person. Exactly. Nothing has changed. It's just a slightly different way of identifying. But yeah, I was worried that people were going to see that differently or that I would be asked to like in like a dire situation, be asked to change somewhere else. I had nobody to talk about that with because it's such a, you said people are just coming out of the woodworks that are queer in Alberta because yeah. no that this was such a big community, especially in Alberta, because we don't tend to be a very 
liberal provincial or province, I suppose. Traditionally, you don't see a ton of uh, queer people in sports. It's usually very macho or like you you're just in it for like the school period and then it's a very specific kind of person that would be in such a high competitive sport so my hope was that other people would see this and realize that in most cases it's not a big deal because the people that love you are still going to love you Mm -hmm. and think that you're looking at them weird in the dressing room unless you have some real weird people in your life when I got your email with like a little bio and everything telling me that you want to talk about being queer in sports, I actually, when I was first in undergrad, was a part of like this um, club on campus. I was the president of a club that really talked about like language and um, empowerment in terms of like queerness on campus. And we did an interview series with athletes who talked about being queer in sports. I was really inspired to see, because this was maybe in like 2016 or 2017 at the time. And these um, straight athletes were talking about their like queer athlete teammates. And they were like, we were just so happy for them when they came out because they were finally able to be themselves and relax. And it's not a big deal on the team. We're like a family. And I think maybe there can be a bit of a stigma about sports that it might not be received that way. So it's so good to hear otherwise. Sports is definitely not something that's like just reserved for straight people or yeah. just for women. It's There's so much in between that I'm really happy that more people are starting to talk about it now. Because when I started sports and when I was in grade 11 trying to figure things out, I was like, nobody else is, nobody else is queer in sports. Oh, <laughs> that's yeah. so not true, right? An interesting thing about being queer is you can have a hundred good experiences of people loving you and accepting you, but you're always going to remember the one person that didn't. Uh, in the summer between grade 11 and grade 12, I told maybe two or three people that I was bi at the time. I made one like one choice of telling someone like the wrong person that wasn't ready to accept it or to sort of welcome it, and it turned into the same thing of like, oh, what if she's looking at me when I'm changing? Which is which probably was at my time like the biggest fear of not so much of what if people don't ex- like accept it, what if people see it as like weird or like gross mm-hmm. um, or like predatory. Everyone around me kind of rallied and was like this is not, like, this is not a grace issue. This is a you issue. This person was just so sheltered growing up and that it was like, you don't know anyone that's queer. Like, I remember feeling like I got like punched in the gut of like, oh, this isn't just something that you like see on TV that like someone's being discriminated against. You're like, oh, this is actually happening. I'm also sheltered. If I just expected everybody to be okay with it, which is a little sad, (laughs) like everyone should be like fine with it. It was an opportunity for me to grow as well and be like, okay, this is how I can go about dealing with this and hopefully maybe educating and seeing like different points of view and not just being like, oh, that person's like ridiculous. Like I'm just going to put it to the side, but that Mm -hmm. there is still hate. And I guess that this is still to some people a bit of a new concept that they're groundbreaking, right? (laughs) First time it's ever happened, but this generation is so much more open about discovering their sexuality. Brings it close to home, right? Like it's so easy. I think like, especially for me, when I was growing up, I grew up in rural Alberta, like a 5,000 population town. It's so easy when you're in that environment, when you don't maybe think you see or recognize, like you don't recognize queer people that may be around you to kind of have this like caricature of what you think a queer person is like that definitely feeds off of all those stereotypes and can often have like negative associations. Exposure and visibility is so huge in changing that. Growing up in Alberta, I was like, uh, there's like there's no way that this is going to be okay and it was like well of course it's going to be okay you're not the only guy that's 
not straight. I didn't even know where these stigmas came from. My family was very open about like, love you no matter what, nothing would ever change. Like if you were for, I think they probably had an idea for a long time before I did. They were on it. They were, yeah, no, it was cargo pants and all the, (laughs) just like the, you know, the stereotypes that you'd Mm -hmm. see, but we're very accurate and still are really weird. When I was about to come out because I was like, it was this weird fear of what if like I'm not accepted and it's like well what is what is mm-hmm. you that you wouldn't be accepted in this in this life in this family that I've grown up in there's nothing that's ever said that this would not be okay so where is this idea coming from and I don't I still don't really know I've been living in this world that like I guess TikTok has created where my feed is these wonderful people that are being authentic and loving themselves and like trying to empower other people to be okay with who they are and I've never been taught anything other than that. Why is there still this little mm-hmm. knot of fear that I won't be accepted? My brain as an anthropologist immediately goes like, even if your core family was really clearly supportive of you, I, what that tells me is that you were in a larger dominant society that gave you this kind of hesitation and maybe this idea that it might not be okay, even if the people that were right there supporting in your life said that it was. And so that's really interesting to hear because I did an interview with somebody else in Edmonton, who's also a queer anthro, like we're all gay apparently. (laughs) Um, And she was talking very similarly about how um, her family was so supportive from day one and like had always been clear that it would not be an issue if any of their kids were queer or gay or trans or anything. It's interesting to see that she was able to kind of like hold that and not feel any stress about it. And then maybe for some other people, it's not the same situation. It's this idea of you come out of the closet, especially in movies right now, is you come out of the closet and everything is good and life is rainbows and that's the last time you ever have to do it and no hardships come after that. But yeah. it's a journey, you just keep coming out to like everybody that you meet, but it doesn't just stop after the first time you come out. Straight people never have to do that, right? Because it's always like the assumption of straightness. It's called heteronormativity for a reason. Yeah. And I find with me where I'm at now, like I'm 25 years old. And so I kind of try really hard to just like, you know, just put it in as a normal thing because it is. But I find that comes to be more difficult when there's an aspect of power involved. And that would be like, say, if it's with my boss or something, I would feel nervous to mention that I'm going like, you know, on a date with a girl or, you know, never mention anything about that part of my life because I don't know how they'll receive it. And then there's that object of power over me. I am thinking about it now. I don't think my boss knows that I'm queer, that I'm dating a woman right now. But, Mm -hmm. uh, and again, it's not a thing of shame. It's just like, I don't even know, like a precaution maybe, or like- Exactly. And it's not something that any, like that I consciously think about, but- like I, I can think of being like, oh yeah, like saying to new people, oh, yeah, me and my girlfriend and still getting like butterflies. You're like a little bit like a yeah. bit of adrenaline rush. You're like, whoa, <laughs> I did it again. I'm like, I'm out there now. But mm-hmm. And you know, I, I sometimes use it as like a litmus test though. Like, you know, those TikTok videos that are like, okay guys, like, so how do you feel about gay people? Are you gay? Like, you know, sussing it out. Yeah, um, exactly. Yeah. So I'll like throw in something, you know, very quickly if I'm in a group of people that I don't know and we're sharing stories like, oh yeah, me and my ex-girlfriend did this. And then it's like, are you homophobic? Are you homophobic? Because if so, then we're not going to vibe. My girlfriend. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, Yeah. It's like, okay, let's go. Yeah. I mean, it's it's been 
really exciting. Um, I'm really happy with my partner right now. And it's, I feel super proud now, like lately, just be like, yeah, me and my girlfriend went to do this because I'm just so happy um, where I am right now. And it's like, yeah, mm-hmm. yes, <laughs> yes, I, yes, that's who I'm with. And it's, it's so, it's so funny. I guess it really depends on who you're talking to, but mm-hmm. the position of power is not a dynamic I'd ever thought about, but very much there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's the one thing that I really don't like that I have to feel because I even like had a whole conversation in my previous job where it was like, it's not anything that like my boss did that made me feel like it wasn't safe to talk to them about being queer. It's just a reflection of my experiences and being queer in this specific province and with the attitudes that I hear about a lot. So I think a really big thing in the workforce is having organizations really step up and like support their queer um, employees and have it not be performative, you know, like that's how you make real change. Performative. Oh my gosh. I hate it. The little like pin on your boss's desk during Pride Uh Month. I don't, this definitely isn't what you think it's doing. This Mm -hmm. is not support. I need more than that. I need to know that this is a place that I'm not going to be judged or followed home because of who I choose to love or who I am, right? Because if you just have this little sticker there to say that you're an ally with all of your actions totally contradicting that, then I'm out. It's kind of funny as we're talking about this, I'm even remembering like how this affects my purchasing choices as just a consumer. And I'm like, I think it was one of the famous spaghetti brands got outed to be homophobic or something. So now every time I go to like make spaghetti, I stand in the aisle and I'm like, which one of you is it? Which one of you is homophobic? Because I'm not going to be buying it. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. But I'm going to circle us back really quick um, to something you pointed out a little earlier that I hadn't thought about in years until you brought it up the fear of like a queer person checking you out. Like I remember before I even knew that I was gay, um, being like in grade nine or 10 in high school and my best friends at the time talking about a different girl at the school who was rumored to be gay and how she didn't want me to leave the change room because that other girl was there and she didn't want to be alone with this girl for that exact reason. Just what an immediately negative, awful perception to like hyperimpose on queer people and, and all this kind of stuff with that stigma. I hadn't thought about that in so long. Yeah, that person may not have even been queer. I oh. remember being in the change room and being like, look down, look down, look down. Exactly. Look, looking at your shoes. You're not looking at anyone, <laughs> anyone else. Mm. And I remember not being openly queer in high school for that reason, because it wasn't the yeah. same tight knit group of girls that I've been like that chose to be in the dressing room with me and like were happy to be like at practice or whatever it really touches on those stereotypes of what a queer person is like and predatory and all these sorts of Mm -hmm. things which we're not we're just people that happen to like people of the same sex or whatever it is and so I even remember I had a coworker at like one of my barista jobs or something when I was younger and she was like so do you check out like every single girl that you see and I just took a second and I looked at her and I was like my friend do you check out every single man that you see? And she went, no. And I went, so what makes you think I check out every woman? Why would I? Exactly, exactly. And she was just like, boom, you know, like this incredible moment for her where she was like, yeah, you're right. Like you must have a type and, you know, it's basic respect for women as a woman. Mm -hmm. So yeah, it's, I, I think really important to combat those older ideas that really are just manifestations of somebody's negativity. 
we aren't born hateful. Hate is always taught. Question that. Why would you think that? Let's change that thought because I'm not looking at you in the change room because you're not looking at me. So growing up like queer in sports, did you find you had like any representation of like maybe gay athletes or gay Albertans? I had nothing. I had absolutely nothing, which is why it was so scary because I knew there was one other person in my like our league or like association that was queer and quite openly so kind of like a don't ask don't tell policy I think in sports right now which I hope changes like a lot of people knew that this person was queer um but no one ever said anything about it which is awesome and also like why why you don't really have to like hide it or like brush under the carpet but there was nothing in my world at the time that was queer. I was talking to my mom about like, should I be telling my teammates? I don't know if I want my teammates to know. And my mom was like, you know what, Grace, there's someone that I work with at work. who Her wife plays hockey. Like they play hockey together. Wow. Um, and it's not a big deal and no one cares. I didn't even know them. I just knew of them, like an idea of them through my mom, through her work, not even in my sport in the same realm, but not even in my sport that was queer, that wasn't my age. <laughs> Like I, for all I knew, didn't even actually exist. Yeah. I, didn't, I didn't know of any queer athletes growing up and especially not in like women's sport. Like I think there was an NFL player who came out, I think over the summer and that was huge. And it's like, that's so great. And I know there are other people, but the fact that you were brave enough and felt comfortable enough to say it in front of a whole bunch of people that like in sports generally aren't super open to that kind of thing is really powerful. The only real representation that I could think of in sports for queer athletes was like the U.S. women's national soccer team, Yes, right? Like I remember being on Tumblr because of course I was on Tumblr Um, in like, yeah, of course, like in like 2013 or 2014 and seeing like, I think it was Ashlyn Harris and Mm. Allie Krieger, Krieger, I can't remember. I think Krieger, but yeah. Yeah. And like seeing the two of them together and like all of this, like, you know, coverage about them. So it's like there was a little bit of representation there, but it also felt so far away. It's like, oh yeah, they're playing in the States. Like they're in LA or whatever it is and not here in Alberta. They're like larger than life, right? Like when mm-hmm. a celebrity comes out, it's like, oh, good for you. I don't even know if you exist. <laughs> you could mm-hmm. not exist for all I know. But yeah, the representation wasn't there. And I hope that it will be for people that go through this journey now. You're kind of making that representation right now, honey. So I'm just, I'm just <laughs> going to point it out in case you didn't realize it. Yeah, that's awesome. That feels good. Yeah, it must feel kind of like a full circle moment to get to be the representation that little you maybe didn't get to have. Yeah, it does. It's really powerful. <laughs> what would you like to tell other queer Albertans in sports or just in general who maybe are struggling with some of the same things that you did when you were growing up? when all the tension is out of you when you're trying to play it's so much easier and when you're not worried about people thinking of you differently on the bench it's so much easier to play and to enjoy the sport because it's so not enjoyable when you're worrying all the time Mm -hmm. so if you can take that worry off it goes back to being fun instead of being a hassle so you join the sport for it to be enjoyable and you stuck with it because you love it if you can find it in yourself to be comfortable or whatever you strive to be, it's because it, it's because you want it to be fun again. 
because it's stressful right now and let it let it be fun <laughs> it's what it's supposed to be you're really making my whole don't cry thing a bit <laughs> I am an emotional pushover apparently when it comes to these interviews but I think that is so well said thank you if you could go back in time and tell your younger self something as the person that you are today what would it be oh my gosh I don't think about this very often mm -hmm. um they're going to love you no matter what. And the sooner you can get over being afraid, the sooner everyone around you is going to rally. And the sooner you're going to find awesome people. In your, oh my gosh. Awesome people in your life that aren't going to care. Mm -hmm. And it's not as big as you think. And it's so special. And you're not the only guy out there. Mm -hmm. And it gets so much better. And it gets so much better so fast. <laughs> and it's just the hurdle that you have to clear and then you're done. Mm -hmm. <laughs> oh, oh, honey, you are so special and you are not the only guy out there, 100%. Yeah. Uh, I feel so lucky to have gotten to know you and hear your story today. And I think that, yeah, you just living authentically and proudly as yourself is going to inspire so many other young kids and kids in sports. I hope so. I hope so. It's such a blind area in this whole thing of, um, I don't think people expect queer people to be in sports. Um, we are. <laughs> Surprise. Yeah, we're fit. <laughs> yeah, this is so cool. I think this is so important and I hope people keep doing this and keep opening the conversation because if we don't open the conversation, we're all going to live in our little, um, bubbles without knowing other people exist and then we can branch out and then it doesn't have to be a bubble anymore so exactly it can be a whole kick-ass community like who says you have to go to Toronto to party with the gays we're here exactly. it's <laughs> Alberta we're here in Alberta yeah. we are here and we are here to as I said yassify the shit out of this place exactly, exactly. Um, I came out in COVID uh so I've never been a pride so this will be the first one I've never been to a gay bar either. I went to a drag bar in Victoria and it was like the best thing ever. It was like, this Incredible. is so cool. Queer people in the wild is so cool. So <laughs> yes, we'll go to Pride. We'll have a great time. Yeah. And it's only like three hours away. So I can probably hit like a whole bunch. That's so much one. fun. And like, it makes sense that you've never been to Pride with COVID and everything, but honey, you got to get out there. I if know. It's safe. It I is know. the best. I'm so excited. But it has been wonderful to chat with you. Could I ask what your TikTok handle is for me to tag you in the oh. video? Uh, it's just one word, Grace Hill with two R's in Grace. Okay. Uh, I think that's it. I think that's the whole username. Perfect. Okay, I will be sure to give you a follow as well as uh, this is to the fictional audience again, our favorite people to talk to. Yeah. Um, <laughs> to anybody listening or watching, please go give Grace a follow because clearly they're just creating some amazing representation with sports here in Alberta. Thanks so much. This is awesome. I had a great time. Yay! Okay, well that is a wrap. Thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of the Queer in Alberta podcast series. Just like at the end of the interview there, you can keep in touch with Grace by following them on TikTok at Grace Hill. That's G-R-R-A-C-E-H-I-L-L. -L. If you want to keep following along with me, you can see my posts on TikTok via the username at underscore Kelsifer. So that's underscore K-E-L-S-I-F-E-R. 
And like I mentioned at the beginning of this episode, I am opening up my interviews again. Wherever you are, I hope you are feeling proud and celebrated today and know that I am sending you all of my love, whether you're listening in Alberta or somewhere else in the world. Take care of yourself and we'll see you next time. Kels. What's your weakness? What's your type? Somehow I